This is Indian Noir, India's most critically acclaimed storytelling podcast. His Night Begins, Season 4, Episode 13. Ramirez had been in the business for long enough to know that he was being tracked. His stalker had ensured that the crunching of twigs and the parting of leaves was cleverly masked by the sounds of the forest. But to his trained ears, these slight aberrations stuck out like a sore thumb. You can come out now, he shouted into the surrounding trees, his rifle scanning the shadowed realm underneath their canopies. A bandolier with three primed grenades flew in his direction. Recognizing the danger they presented, Ramirez bolted at the sight of the deadly package. He had only managed to take a few steps before the bombs exploded, sending shrapnel flying in all directions. The shockwave lifted him off his feet and slammed him against a tree. His rifle was flung far from his grasp as his face crunched into the trunk of the tall tree. His vision swam as he pushed away from the tree. He turned around and fell to his knees, his hands clutching his bloodied visage. Through the red filter of his freely flowing blood, he saw a female figure emerge from the trees. She was beautiful, like a forest spirit in human form. If it wasn't for the handgun and the knife sheathed on her left hip, he would have considered the sight a mirage. Sorry about the filthy tactics. Must be the ambience. I'm feeling guilty already. Let's even the scales. Why don't you get rid of the guns and I will let you fight this mortal battle on your feet with a blade in your hand. Naz said as she swaggered towards him. Ramirez spat out blood and said, Bitch! Naz shook her head. Now, now, there is no need for name-calling. It's a genuine offer. Gun or knife, doesn't matter. You will die at my hands. You should do the smart thing and kill me now, he said. Naz laughed. What? And miss out on all the fun? I could tell you were the kind that loved a fight. Nas pointed her gun at his forehead and said, Let the games begin. Ramirez unholstered his gun. For a second he thought of raising it and popping a shot or two off at Nas's head. But his current physical state and the confidence Nas radiated stopped him from doing so. He threw his gun away and coughed up some blood. You got some shrapnel stuck on your back, but I wouldn't pull it out now, Nas said. I have fought with worse, Ramirez said. He stood up on shaky legs as he unsheathed his knife. Take your time, Nas said as she ditched her gun. The shakes had not bothered her during her daily shooting practice, so she could have used her gun to finish off the Mexican killer. But she meant what she said to her opponent. Where's the fun in that? She lived for battle. 
Naz was certain that she was a Viking raider in her former life, fighting and pillaging the English countryside for loot and glory, testing the limits of her physicality in combat, trying to cheat death. She pulled out her knife from its crimson red sheath and began twirling the blade in her hand as she walked around Ramirez. This is a good place for you to die, Ramirez said. His head had cleared up by now and the strength had returned to his limbs. His back was aching like hell, but it also served to heighten his senses. He was alert and prepared to deliver the kill. You ready? Nas said. Born ready, you foolish girl, Ramirez said. Nas nodded before rushing her quarry with her flashing blade. A flurry of sweeps made Ramirez backpedal as he looked for a break to demonstrate his own knife skills. Ramirez sidestepped and spun 360 degrees before lashing out, the weapon narrowly missing Nas's left ribs. Nas pivoted and faced off against her enemy. This time Ramirez waved the blade in the air from left to right and back again before lunging ahead, the sharp tip pointed straight at Nas's heart. Nas took a single backward step before landing a jarring hit on his forearm with the butt of her blade. <laughs> Ramirez yelped and shook the pain out of his arm. The two fierce warriors pounced on each other, their blades clashing and throwing sparks in the air. Then they separated and stalked each other, reading their opponent's body language, assessing weaknesses and detecting tells that could help them deliver a fight-ending move. A whirling ballet of blade work ensued as both killers hacked and stabbed at what they thought were vital spots on their enemies' bodies, only to find their weapons harmlessly sliced through thin air. Not that easy to kill me, princess, Ramirez said. I hate it when people call me a princess, Nas said, renewing her assault. Ramirez expertly dodged her swings and bludgeoned back with a series of powerful strikes. Nas ducked and weaved his deadly repost nimbly, a smug smile plastered on her face. Nas jabbed out an unexpected kick which nearly plunged into Ramirez's belly, but the wily operator pivoted on his right foot to escape its fury. Then he slashed at Nas's thigh with an almighty roar that shattered the forest's serenity. <laughs> Nas shrieked as blood sprayed out through her torn pants. The enraged contract killer thrust and slashed, searching for a killstroke as pain set her leg on fire. When her venomous attacks did not find a home, she spun low on her good leg and scored a line of crimson just below Ramirez's kneecap. Even as he yowled in pain, Ramirez took the opening he received and arced his blade down onto Nas's head. But she rolled forwards and pushed up to her feet, picking up a rock from the ground in the process. What would have been a fatal attack ended in a frustrating and wasteful move which infuriated Ramirez. Nas spun around to face an outraged Ramirez who was rushing at her, the glinting blade raised above his head with deadly intentions. His blade flashed down at her neck but she veered to the side and smashed the rock into the side of his head. Ramirez let out a long painful cry as he reeled from the impact. 
Nas bent low and jabbed the blade into his belly, before drawing it out and plunging it back into his gut again. She pulled the knife out and stepped back. Ramirez clutched at his side as pain blitzed through him, threatening to banish his situational awareness. He staggered for a few steps before spinning around to face Nas. He slammed his wound angrily with a closed fist. Bloody saliva now coated his teeth, which he gritted in pain and rage. I see it in your eyes. The inevitability of what's going to happen next has dawned on you, Nas said as she swaggered towards him. Ramirez pounced on her, bellowing like a wild predator, ignoring the pain raking his body. Nas ducked, weaved and dodged Ramirez's knife attacks at close quarters. Blood spurted out from Ramirez's wound and his attacks grew weaker. The soldier of fortune heaved a mouthful of vomit as he stumbled forwards. Nas ceased the moment and stabbed the front of his neck before landing a front kick to his chest and sending his defeated form sprawling onto the ground. Ramirez watched the forest canopy crowd over his vision and merge with the darkness that first claimed his soul and then his body. In the pale blue light of a half moon, Alberto waited for his men at the predetermined spot. It was right next to a babbling river that was home to silver forms of darting aquatic beings. Leeches had started to congregate around his still form as he carefully observed the surrounding forest for movement. He didn't dare close his eyes, fearful that he might miss the arrival of his men or worse, that his enemies might chance upon his position. Dawn arrived and warmed Alberto's leech-covered body. When the first rays of the sun illuminated the forest canopy, he finally broke down, admitting the truth to himself. His men were not coming home. He had failed his team and their families. He imagined the hateful looks their widows and orphans would cast upon him and how his skin would burn in response. Guruji was in his apartment, sitting on his couch and icing his swollen ankle when the text message came in. It was from SP Vinaya Prasad. You okay? It read. Mon got away. I am not okay. He texted back. Are you physically okay? She typed. I am an old man. I take wounds easily. Just running up those alleyways buggered my right ankle. He wrote. Just an ankle? Good. Nothing else? She asked. Nothing else. He responded by text. He didn't get a message for another five minutes while he massaged tiger balm into the bulging mass of flesh. I have been meaning to say something to you, Vinaya wrote. What? he asked. She never texted back the answer to that query. Guruji heard his wife moaning in pain in her room. He limped to the kitchen, collected some warm broth from a large pot and took it to her. 
he sat beside her with the bowl of piping hot liquid. Have a few mouthfuls, and then I will give you the painkiller. You can't have it on an empty stomach, he said. His wife looked at him lovingly and extended a frail hand. She rubbed it against the scratch on his forehead. Bumped it against some furniture. Nothing serious, he said. Aren't you glad you don't have to clean up my wounds anymore? Her expression hardened. The light in her eyes was replaced by something empty and cold, like she was remembering some past grievance. Then she dropped her hand and turned her face away from him. Guruji looked on sadly, the steam from the soup warming up his face. Somewhere in the distance, a train activated its horn and a forlorn sound cut through the night, reminding the damned ones that they were all alone in this cold universe. Thanks for listening to Indian Noir. Click the follow button. You can also take a sneak peek at how the show is produced and my life and my interests via my social media channels. I am at Indian Noir on Instagram and Twitter.